2010 saw one of the biggest manhunts in British police history. It took place in and around Newcastle, a proud and tough shipbuilding city in the northeast of England. The hunt was for just one man, Raoul Thomas Moat. Because I am hunting for officers right now. Did he just say he's been shot? Find out where David is on his sat now. You're gonna have to kill me because I am never gonna stop. The northeast of England isn't famed for its summer weather, but at 11am on Thursday the 2nd of July 2010, it promised to be a fine day. That was the moment Raoul Mote was released from Durham prison. Eight days later, he will be dead, but not before he'd become the biggest event on TV news. Mote had spent the previous five weeks in prison for an incident of domestic violence. He'd thrown a chair at his partner, Sam Stobart, which had hit their daughter. At that moment, their five-year relationship comes to an end. In prison, Moat sleeps little more than an hour or two a night. He's worked the door at various nightclubs. He's a big man. Physical exercise helps him let off steam and gives him a sense of control. In a small prison cell, he quickly deteriorates. The night after his release, Moat is crouched in the garden of his ex-girlfriend's mother's house. At 2.39am, Samantha Stobart, his ex, leaves the house. She's accompanied by her new boyfriend, Chris Brown. At 2.40am, Moat stands up from the bushes and shoots twice. He reloads and fires again, and the third shot kills Chris Brown. Moat turns the gun towards Sam and fires. He has something special for her. Cartridges he's doctored himself to reduce their explosive force. He doesn't want to kill her. He wants to injure her enough so she will get compensation. Enough to look after his daughter. Moat is not planning to live the week. Moat is driven by two accomplices to a four-man tent hidden in woods near Rothbury, a small rural town north of Newcastle. It is 6 a.m. He sleeps. Fifteen miles away, police constable David Rathband has a 7am appointment with the golf course. He has a tournament that weekend and there's £28 of prize money to be won. At three o'clock that afternoon, he goes to Eatle Road Police Station. He logs onto the work computer to find the latest on the moat situation. He knows moat. He'd arrested him once for suspected scrap metal theft. At 4.50pm, a hoax call sends him to a pub car park in Newburn. There is no sign of moat. At 8 o'clock, he goes back to the station for dinner. At 9.30, he calls his wife Kath to check on his daughter's birthday party. He can hear the breathless fun and screams in the background. At 10.40pm, Rathband returns to the spot that he thinks will give him most chance of catching Moat. It's 11 o'clock. Raoul Moat is in a car ringing 999. You're not trying to help me. You're not trying. 
He's the one that me to do myself in, and I was going to do it until I found out about him properly and what was going on. And as soon as I found out he was one of your officers, I thought, nah, you've too much from me. You've, you've had too much from me. You'll get the chance to kill me, right? You'll get the chance to kill me. I don't want to do that. I do, I do not want to do that. Yes, you do. You wanted me to kill myself, but I'm going to give you a chance because I am hunting for officers right now. Just a few minutes later, Raoul Moat crawls on his hands and knees until he nears the back of PC Rathband's car. We hear the sound of cars whooshing past. We hear the sound of a gun tip-tapping on a car window. We hear one shot, and then a few seconds later, another. This is PC David Rathband's story. Can you see any light or dark? No. You okay, Kath? I'm right here. Well, you're okay. I'm not going anywhere. I'll come back tomorrow. I want to have a look at that left eye. Every time I fall asleep, he comes. But he, he comes in skeletons. Not like the ones in the Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm seeing things, Kathy. He won't stop. Shh, I don't feel very well. I'm a policeman. I don't feel very well. No, you're not very well. The police need a statement. Can you do that? Yeah, yes, yes, I can do that, yeah. You okay, Kath? I'm not going anywhere. Can I I... I... I am police constable. David Rathbund. I'm a police officer in the Northumbrian constabulary at... He's dead. Towards the end of my shift, at 11pm, I left the A1 West Road and parked up on the drop curb at, at the edge of the pavement at the top of the slip road. Oh, God! Oh, God! Hi. I'm Police Constable David Rathband. I'm an officer. Oh, I'm not. The Northumbrian Constabulary at East Denton. Social networks only really exist when people turn up. It's a virtual thing. Think of a portal like MSN or Yahoo, and it really makes no difference to you whether there's a hundred people on there or a hundred million people on there. But with a social network, say Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, if there's a hundred people on there, it's terrible. There's nothing on it. But if there's a hundred million people on there, then it's really good. And so all of these things get better the more people use them. Raoul Mort, Friday, 2.23pm, July 2nd, 2010, Facebook update. Just got out of jail. I've lost everything. My business, my property, and to top it all off, my last of six years has gone off with someone else. I'm not 21, and I can't rebuild my life. 
Watch and see what happens. Tommy Edison, blind film critic and YouTube star. Today, I want to show you how the iPhone works. A lot of you guys have been asking, you're blind. I see you using an iPhone, but how does it work for you? Well, I'm going to show you. So, a lot of devices have this thing that you've probably never even thought to use or check out. It's called accessibility. Click accessibility button. Uh, that'll show you all the different sort of things. How to turn the speech on and off of your phone to white on black, black on white, maybe mono audio. There's all sorts of different things you can do. So, um, well, I just use the voiceover one and it works incredible. Click voiceover on button. But, but it's a very cool thing and it allows me to use this, this thing that has a touchscreen just like you do. Slide or double tap click. So each thing. Double tap to open. Touch it once, it tells you what it is, twice to perform the action. No, map, stop, YouTube. And then to move to the different screens, three fingers to go left, like this. So let's see what's going on in the world of Twitter today. Blip. A dad Kitlaus, inventor of Siri. Siri's really just the beginning, uh, even for Siri. What we've got today is just scratching the surface. In fact, one of the jokes that we had when we were putting together a roadmap, so we'd each release you, kind of name the software. One of the first things we called it was periodically human. It's kind of a tagline, Siri, periodically human. And then a little bit later, it gets a little bit better and becomes practically human. And then the next one after that becomes positively human. In a way, people know how to use social media from celebrities. And the problem was that then after that, it was kill all humans. And what a lot of celebrities do is they issue statements. But I think the big thing Facebook did was introduce real life or encourage people to use real identities. In the days before Facebook, when it was Bebo, when it was MySpace or whatever, people would call themselves, you know, Snoopy247. There was a classic New Yorker cartoon which had a dog with a keyboard saying, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. But what Facebook encouraged was for people to say, this is who I am be guilt-free about what they were doing. The day David was shot, I was going through my third bout of chronic anxiety. I was 38. I thought I'd put all the pain of a catastrophic childhood behind me, and then suddenly, in a business meeting, the fear came. Not normal fear... This was special fear. This was never-ending terror. Try running a business meeting when you're scared that you've wet yourself and you have to keep checking that you haven't. Try looking at your son, knowing you aren't the same person you were the day before. Try playing with them when the whole world feels like it's reflected in the back of a spoon. Over the next few days, I kept pressing the brakes. I I used every mantra that had got me through the last episode. I kept slamming my foot onto the floor. I kept trying to find the brakes and nothing happened. In the end, I put my hands over my face and closed my eyes and braced for impact and kept them there. What else was there to do? I told no one at work. Slowly, every project I was involved with fell apart. Soon, everything I did triggered panic. If I slept at all, my brain would wake me up specifically to have another fit of fear and horror. Night after night after night. Only my wife knows the truth of it. And even I didn't share with her how much I wanted to die. 
I couldn't make any sense of it. And as I lay there, next to my wife, I would turn on my phone and go to forum after forum, trying to understand. That's when I first heard David's voice. I clicked on an interview, and there he was in the dark. It seemed like he was saying, You're not alone, mate. We'll get through this somehow. We'll get through it somehow. Hello there, this is the gunman from Berkeley last night. Uh, my name is Raoul Mort. What I'm phoning about is, is to tell you exactly why I've done what I've done, right? Now, my girlfriend has been having an affair behind my back with one of your officers, right? Now, I... You bastards have been onto me, right, for years. You have hassled us, harassed us, you just won't leave us alone. I went straight six years ago when I met her and I've tried my best to have a normal life and you just won't let up. You just won't leave us alone for five minutes. I can't walk down the street without the blue lights flashing. You have stitched us up for years. Been shot. Did you just say he's been shot? Find out where David is on his sat nav. Do a GPS on him. I can see my son. Son? Why are you here, Ash? Am I dead? Yeah, I'm on the A1 roundabout at the junction of the A69, Stamford and Road. Are you taking me serious now? I have just downed your officer. You're going to have to kill me because I am never going to stop. The public has nothing to fear from me, but the police do. Temporary Chief Constable Sue Sim, David, I need you to hear me, David. We are going to get the person who did this to you. Do you understand? PC David Rathband underwent surgery last night and remains critical but stable. Our thoughts remain with the family and friends of those who have been killed and injured at this difficult time. We remain absolutely committed to finding Raoul Thomas Moe and are using every resource available to bring this to a conclusion as quickly as possible. Chris Stobart, father to Moat's first victim, Sam Stobart, and father figure to Moat. Raoul, son, please, this has to stop. It's gone on far too long. What sort of memories will these kids have of their father? If they ask me in the future, I'll tell them exactly what happened. I won't lie to them, you, you know that. I don't have to tell them what might upset them about you or, or whatever's gone on. How are you, son? Give it up. Josephine Keeley, Raoul Mort's mother. This man does not look like my son. I feel he hasn't been my son since he was 19 years old. He now has a totally different character, attitude and manner. And now, when I see him, I don't recognise him at all. He would be better off dead. If I was to make an appeal, I would say he would be better off dead. For every piece of inaccurate information published, I will select a member of the public and kill them. Putting it bluntly, this is a potential life and death situation. The information that we have from Mr Moe is that he is upset by some of the press reporting. 
Unfortunately, we do not know exactly what he objects to. The reporting itself may be inaccurate. We are talking about his perception. We've taken advice from a forensic psychologist. It's clear that Mr. Moat's rules have changed and that he is getting angrier. Extract from Mum's Net, 8th July. Spider Mama. I know I shouldn't be flippant about this. And I know it shouldn't be important, blah, blah. But have you seen the barnet on that policewoman who talked to the press conference about the hunt for Raoul Moat? <gasps> I swear my jaw dropped. I've never seen anything like it. Chief Constable Sue Sim, she's called. Nitter not Twitter. Agreed. Hideous hair. Mugglewump. There's a thread on this in style and beauty, but yes, I agree. It's truly shocking. Almost like three separate hair pieces stuck on. Puzzle rocks. I feel guilty for even thinking it, but it really is remarkable. I think you'll find that that is in fact where Mr. Moat is hiding. Pauline Jones. Her special eyeshadow for the press conference is a work of art, too. Think her muse as Mrs. Slocum. Bran, is there a link? I'm curious just to see how bad it is. Mugglebump. Yes, uh, Puzzle Rocks has it. I'm going to phone and report it now and claim the £10,000 reward for myself. Big green bin. Piss myself laughing. That moat is hiding in there. I'm sure she's a very competent police officer, though, which is what counts when there's a gunman on the loose. But still, the hair. Pauline Jones, when they go on the TV like this, do they have some makeup person faffing over them? Bran, they should surely be sacked by the hair. And as for the eyeshadow. Sweet Judy Blue. Poo face alert. I can laugh at most things, but this is a bit much. The poor woman didn't ask to be thrust into the spotlight, and she's hardly got time to be going for a makeover. She must be under so much stress without being ridiculed. We should be supporting her for doing so well in what must be one of the worst environments for a woman to work in. Or maybe that should be poor face. Bran, you're right, sweet Judy Blue. And it's not as though senior male police officers always look dapper, but you never see any threats about appalling comb-overs. But still, the hair. And it would look okay-ish if she tied the long bit back into a bun or something. And only you can know if you're po-faced or poo-faced, sweet Judy Blue. If you're potty training a small child at the moment, as I am, then you may very well have poo on your face. I'm no Derek Bird. I won't be shooting old ladies in their bubble hats. Are you safe, Kat? Yes, David, I'm safe. And Mia and Ashley, are they safe? We're all safe, David. Shh. I'm glad you're safe. Yeah, it won't be long now, David. It'll soon be over. The TV survival expert, Ray Mears, was drafted in by police to hunt down Raoul Moat. It emerged yesterday. Mears, 46, was asked to assist armed officers as they closed in on the fugitive during the seven-day manhunt. He is believed to be helping track Moat's movements after the gunman fled his makeshift camp in the Northumberland countryside. Mears, best known for his BBC series on survival techniques, has refused to comment. Constable Sue Pert. Two little girls came into the police station just last night and they handed me this card. It's addressed to all of the police force. I'd like to read what it says. To everyone that's trying to get this nutter off the streets, we would like to say thank you very much for putting yours in danger to save ours. Police have apologised to the public after a gaffe during a press conference on their search for fugitive Raoul Mode. 
The incident occurred when neighbourhood inspector Sue Pert showed a goodwill card from local children to police officers and reporters during a live broadcast. The apology was in reference to the use of the term nutter with regards to Mr Mote. And we're just getting breaking news that a man who breaking fits the description of Raoul Thomas Moat has been located in the Riverbank area in the vicinity of Rothbury. Police are currently negotiating. Soon, David. You'll be safe soon. Shh. David. I remember that night as the night that Twitter exploded and came of age in the UK. Until then, the UK response to Twitter was just to make stupid jokes. And then, and then all of a sudden, shit, Gaza's trending. What's going on? And, and Gaza had turned up. It was like the best entertainment because everyone was talking amongst themselves in a Viz magazine way on Twitter. G- Gaza? Whereas on TV, they would be saying, we understand that Paul Gascoigne has arrived. But on TV, they couldn't just say, bloody hell, Gaza! Gaza! But everybody else in the world was, bloody hell, Gaza! Gaza! It was just like this. Oh, oh, good evening. Uh, You're live on Real Radio. Um, I I just wonder, um, Gaza, if you can tell us about the Raoul Moore, the the Raoul Moore that you know. in Newcastle, I, you know, I, I knew him a lot of years since I was a young kid. When when I when I played for Newcastle, he, he was a gentleman, you know. So so someone must have wound him up or or, or done or done someone, and, and all all of a sudden, I, I you know, I just listened to the radio, right? And I, and I mean on on TV news, and obviously he's killed someone, and he and he shot two, right? Well, I I think doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's he's killed someone, which is which is not nice, really. And uh, obviously, he, mu- he he must have been on drugs, and and he shot two people, right? Now I I heard on the news that obviously the drugs must have worn off now, and he's willing to give in, right? Well, I, well, I, th- I think we need to point out that no, um, no, that play, no, let us get get old. No, hear me out, right? Uh, he, He's a lovely bloke, and I know that. So at the end of the day, I think he's frightened in case uh, you know he's he's put his gun down, and I know for a fact he, he will. He put his gun down, but I think he's scared in case the police shoot him and kill him. You know, and the drugs are worn off, and all all he wants to do is surrender. And at the, at the end at the end of the day, when when you shoot someone, I think, and you and you shoot like kill someone, and you shoot two others, you you may get. Was it 12 days, 12 years, like 12... No, Paul, 12 Paul, days, Paul, 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 well, 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 we don't know about that exactly, but, but just tell us, well, I mean, like, what, 12, what, what would you, what would 12, you say 12, to... 12 years, I, it could be out six years and he's out, you know, he's a good lad. Like, if, 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 if he could hear a message from you, Gaza, uh, what, what would you say to him tonight? Right, listen, right, I, I drove from Newcastle in a taxi to Rothbury, you know, cost a lot of money, and I, and I, I bought a dressing gown for him, a, a big jacket, and I bought some chicken and some bread, and I, I know you're, you're laughing at this one, I, I bought him a can of lager, and I, I, bought, I bought him a fishing rod, because I heard he's by the river, and I, I, I brought him a fishing rod too, you know, we fish together, and, and I'll have a chat with him, and just talk, you know, because... Uh, I th- I think I can I think I can uh, I can help him through this. I I think I'm the only one. Morning. 
You're watching Sky News with live coverage of the standoff between the fugitive Raoul Moat and armed police officers. The man called Britain's Most Wanted is surrounded by these ten snipers in the riverside area of Rothbury in Northumberland. Witnesses say he is holding a sawn-off shotgun to his head, sometimes to his throat. These are the latest pictures. We assume this is an ambulance, the blues and twos of the police vehicle in front. That ambulance has Raoul Moat in it. Until around about 25 minutes ago, he was Britain's most wanted man. There has been at least one shot that happened about 25 minutes ago. He has now been taken in a police convoy to a Newcastle hospital. Is it over, Kath? You okay, Kath? I'm not going anywhere. Can I ask you? I... I... I am police constable. David Rathbund. I'm a police officer in the Northumbrian constabulary at East Dent. Towards the end of my shift, at 11pm, I left the A1 West Road and parked up on the drop curb at, at the edge of the pavement at the top of the slip road. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Hi. I am Police Constable David Rathband. I'm an officer. I'm an officer in the Northumbrian Constabulary at East Denton. I'm a policeman and, and I don't feel very well. 